It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now, Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right, what's up, everybody? Happy Thursday. It is Pushing the Limits, and I am so glad that you can join us on this very sunny day in Las Vegas. Uh, happy you all could be here on KSHP. Of course, we're broadcasting live on YouTube. It is the PTL Vegas YouTube page where we do video and audio, so you can look at my pretty mug and understand why I have a face for radio. Also, the Facebook fan page, PTL Vegas. We're also live on TikTok. Man, we're all over the place. We're having some fun. And uh, yesterday was a good time. You know, we had the mooch on, Anthony Scaramucci. I got a lot of comments from that interview uh, he did with me. He did not have any nice things to say about Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, or even Kevin McCarthy. Uh, Tiny Trump, by the way. He, he, he called him Tiny Trump, which I thought was uh, extremely funny, uh, alluding to the fact that Donald Trump might have a small member. Now, I can't verify that for sure. But Donald Trump does have small hands, okay? That, you want to make that correlation? You go right ahead. But anyway, that was a lot of fun yesterday. If you missed that interview, you can check it out on my TikTok page. You can check it out on my YouTube page, which is PTL Vegas. We got a lot to talk about today. Now, this might shock some of you. But yes, Ron DeSantis is going after a local drag queen show in Florida. We're going to explain exactly what he did and what exactly the show was about, which is kind of uh, interesting and funny, by the way. So we'll get to that coming up here in just a few minutes. Donald Trump in more legal trouble. We'll get to that as well. Joe Biden's visit to Las Vegas yesterday appeared to go pretty well. And uh, there are some people on the right that are claiming that the Biden crime family, as they call them, they're taking all this money from China. But they seem to forget about a couple key people in the Trump administration called Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner. So we're also going to get into that. Coming up in hour number two, the 11-year NBA veteran Paul McKeskey is going to be joining us in studio. We're going to be talking a little bit about John Morant, too, because he just did an interview. Uh, if you if you recall, he's he, had, he got into a little bit of trouble going into a strip club after uh, a loss with his team and flashing a gun around. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And uh, obviously break down the NCAA tournament. You know, if you listen to this show, you're making money because I gave you a pick yesterday. And I normally never do picks on this show. But I was so confident that Arizona State was going to destroy Nevada and Steve Alford. I said all week long that Nevada did not deserve to be in the tournament. Even a guest I had on, who's a hoops expert, disagreed with me. He said, oh, no, Nevada. I said, Arizona State, if they play just average, they're going to wipe Nevada clean. That's exactly what happened yesterday. Uh, I'm betting against the Mountain West Conference, man. I'm just telling you, I'm betting against it. But uh, we'll talk some hoops coming up in hour number two. I also have a big announcement to make for you PTL fans out there. Uh, making the official announcement right now on this show, I have a permanent co-host who's going to be starting on Monday. His name is Jamie D. He tried out a few weeks ago on this show, and he is my permanent co-host starting on Monday. I'm really excited to have him, the 28-year-old. I need somebody a little bit younger than me. I'm 42. I'm getting old, man. going to be 43 in April. Man, it's time goes by. But he's going to be joining us on Monday, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So looking forward to having Jamie here. We're also going to have some other uh, guests, new guests of the show, and people that are associated with the show. So I'm really excited about that. And as I mentioned, uh, Jamie starts on Monday. So I mentioned that Donald Trump's in a little bit of legal trouble. Maybe not a little bit, uh, maybe a lot. But uh, Trump Media, the parent company of Truth Social, 
is now under federal investigation. I know, I can't believe it. I'm not starting with Hunter Biden's laptop. It's a shocker. Uh, so Truth Social is under federal investigation for money laundering in connection to two payments made to them totaling $8 million from entities reportedly controlled by allies of Vladimir Putin. Apparently, Truth Social has been going under, and they've been losing money and losing and losing money because most people aren't on Truth Social because it sucks. That's why. Uh, and apparently they were ready to go belly up unless they got this $8 million investment into a company that's not going to make any company. And now uh, it's being investigated by the FBI. So uh, that's just something else that Donald Trump has to worry about these days. And it, it looks like Truth Social was about to get a billion dollars in capital. And then the SEC started investigating. So the capital uh, went proof and they were likely weeks or even days from going under. And now they suddenly get $8 million from a bank in uh, Dominica, co-owned by a Russian oligarch. Yeah, they're in some trouble. And Donald Trump Jr.'s name has been associated with it, by the way. Now, while all this is going on, and Trump is under investigation left and right, then we talk about Ivanka Trump. Yes, Ivanka Trump has tried to delay her trial in the New York AG civil suit for fraud against the Trumps, saying she can't prepare a defense by October 2nd. Total BS, and I'll tell you why. The case was filed on September 21st, 2022. She's had quite enough time to put together a defense here, more than a year before upcoming trial date. The investigation has gone on now for two years before that. Ivanka Trump has had plenty of time, but she's trying to delay, trying to delay, and trying to delay. Meanwhile, the investigation into Hunter Biden's laptop and the affairs of a private citizen, by the way, because that's what Hunter Biden is. He's a private citizen. Hunter Biden has never been a politician. He's a private citizen. That has gone on for like five years now, and they've literally found nothing. There is no evidence of criminal wrongdoing, nothing. Yet that's all Republicans want to talk about is Hunter Biden's laptop. And while all this stuff is going on and people want to find out what's up with Hunter Biden, what's up with Hunter Biden's laptop, let me bring to you Jared and Ivanka, who were part of the Donald Trump administration. Six months after former President Donald Trump stole top secret documents and brought it to Mar-a-Lago, Jared Kushner received $2 billion from the Saudis. Do you hear Republicans talking about that? Do you hear Sean Hannity talking about that? or Laura Ingram, or Tucker Carlson. Do you ever hear any of these people on Fox News or OAN and Newsmax talking about this story? You talk about the fact that Jared got two, not two million, two billion dollars from the Saudis. No, you won't hear Republicans talk about that, but they want to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop and Barisma. They want to talk about, oh my God, he was making $50,000 a month. That's more important to them to look at pictures or try to find pictures of Hunter Biden snorting cocaine off of a hooker, they, th- that's more important to them than maybe trying to figure out why Jared Kushner got a $2 billion investment deal from the Saudis. That's not important, though, right? It's not important that Ivanka Trump, her dealings in China, or that Donald Trump had this bank in China. That's not important, right? I mean, the hypocrisy coming from the right here is unbelievable. It is literally Unbelievable. But keep talking about Hunter Biden's laptop because that's more important to you than somebody actually in Donald Trump's administration getting a $2 billion investment deal from the Saudis a week before 
we found out of the documents that Donald Trump took with him to Mar-a-Lago. But that's not important. Let's not talk about that, right? All the money that Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner received under the Trump administration. Let's talk about Hunter Biden, a private citizen. Folks, it's ridiculous. It is literally absolutely ridiculous. And the hypocrisy, I'll give you another example of hypocrisy. Right-wing hypocrisy, as I call it, folks. So Charlie Kirk is a complete right-wing buffoon. He always has been. He dropped out of high school. He's got no education. I believe he is a white supremacist sympathizer. Charlie Kirk is just a right-wing echo chamber of conspiracy theories and hate. He is a racist. He is a white supremacist sympathizer. He is uneducated. And for some reason, colleges are paying this guy to speak. I really don't understand why. You might as well get a Klan member to speak at your university. I don't know why anybody wants to listen to this guy. And here's a perfect example of what I am talking about. This is what Charlie Kirk tweeted out earlier today. He said, so a Chinese energy company sends $3 million to a Biden family business associate two months after Joe leaves office as VP. And then Haley Biden, Bo Biden's widow and ex-girlfriend of Hunter, mysteriously starts receiving incremental payments. So, by the way, that has not been confirmed, and that's another Charlie Kirk conspiracy theory. But here's something you won't hear from Charlie Kirk. Donald Trump walked out of the White House with boxes full of stolen classified documents, A couple months later, the Saudis decided to invest $2 billion with Trump's son-in-law. And let's be clear on this. Jared Kushner is so bad at business that he nearly bankrupted his family business. Don't you find that a little bit suspicious? Don't you find that? I find that extremely suspicious. Don't you? I don't know. Maybe you don't. You can give me a call if uh, if you want to be a part of the conversation. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't care what the Saudis gave Jared Kushner. Maybe all you care about is Hunter Biden's laptop. I'll open up the phone lines. 702-221-7283. Again, that number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation is 702-221-7283. That's 702-221-SAVE. You know, I find it very, very interesting that so many of the right-wing Republicans out there uh, on the right-wing echo chamber radio, which is known as Fox Noise or OAN or Newsmax, and many of the politicians that are on the right, like Gymnasium Jordan and Matt DUI Gates and three-toe Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert, all they want to talk about is Hunter Biden, and they want to talk about the Hunter Biden laptop and how the FBI is weaponized politically. Because, you know, you didn't know that, folks. The FBI is just full of nothing but liberals, right? I mean, according to Republicans, that's that's exactly what that is. But they don't want to talk about Jared Kushner. They don't want to talk about Ivanka Trump. They don't want to talk about their business dealings in China. They don't want to talk about the $2 billion deal that Jared Kushner got from the Saudis. That's just totally fine. By the way, let me repeat, these are actually people that were in the administration, in Donald Trump's administration. Hunter Biden has never been a politician. He is a private citizen. If Hunter Biden broke the law, then so be it. They have been investigating Hunter Biden for five years and they have come up with nothing. Nothing. Zero. Again, that number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation is 702-221-7283. And again, that number, even though I can't promise to save you anything, it does spell out 702-221-SAVE. 
if in fact you do want to be a part of the program. You know, it is, it is the definition of hypocrisy. That's exactly what we're talking about here. Absolute hypocrisy. Again, that number is 702-221-7283. All right. Let's start off the conversation with JD, who's calling into the program. Hello, JD. What's going on? Good afternoon, sir. I um, might be off topic, but I think you might be interested uh, in what I have to say to you today. Uh, I just read an article in Newsweek magazine and The Guardian, both uh, highly uh, conservative uh, publications. I only jest. Uh, about Black Lives Matter. And they have reported uh, in Newsweek in The Guardian that 200 American cities uh, were ransacked in 2020 to the May cost of $2 billion I mean, I'll, I'll, in property I'm happy, damage. I'm, uh, J.D., I'm happy and to 25 talk to you. debts. J.D., I'm happy to talk to you about Black Lives Matter, but I do, I do find this interesting. When I'm talking about fraud, and Jared Kushner accepting $2 billion from the Saudis. In your mind, I wonder how you go from that to, hey, let's talk about Black Lives Matter. I'm just curious. I'm happy to have this conversation with you. Why is it that when I talk to staunch right-wing Republicans that might be biased, and I talk to them about, say, January 6th, or I might have a conversation with them about, say, Jared Kushner taking $2 billion from the Saudis, or Ivanka Trump making $600 million from China, and all the legal problems that Donald Trump has, why is it that your go-to is, hey, let's talk about Black Lives Matter? I'm just curious. Well, I thought you might be interested because you thought of I the might January, be interested. Are you not interested in uh, those in Donald Trump's you asked, administration? You asked, you, asked me a, you asked me a question. Can I respond? Sure. I mean, I'm not, but go ahead. In response to the January 6th hearings and the damage and the debts that everybody professes, the everybody doesn't profess n- it. They've been convicted in a court of law. The news, the news, uh, Max, and uh, pardon me, the, the, the Newsweek article talks about 200 American cities, two billion in property taxes, and your point? at least 25, 25 debts. And there has been no investigation. That is absolutely not true. People have been convicted and people are in jail for what took place at many of those Black Lives Matter protests. You're 100% wrong. Next. In the article of Newsweek, they say 95% of the protesters were never charged. That's because 95% of the protesters didn't commit crimes, you dope. Uh, you, you're, it's impossible to have it. Uh, a 95 per, there were you. tens of millions of I'm, people I, I'm that dope, protested uh, during I'm Black Lives Matter. News, Do you mean to tell magazine? me? Okay, let's start from square one. I, and again, I don't even I'm know why. Be, because I'm quoting News Newsweek, and I'm and I'm quoting you. Do you understand that tens of millions of people protested during Black Lives Matter? And do you also understand that a very small percentage of those people were committing crimes? 95% but is they accurate. they 2 billion in property damage and 25 deaths. So what are you claiming? Because there was a lot of property damage, half the people were committing crimes? What are you saying? I didn't say that. So I'm, what are you I'm saying? Tell me. News, Newsweek said 25 deaths. And, and, and go on. What, what is your point? That. There were tens of millions you, of people that protested. The overwhelming majority of those people didn't commit crimes. So I ask you again, why is it you never call into a show and talk about anything, all the issues that are facing the right? Why is it you don't want to comment on Jared Kushner receiving $2 billion from the Saudis? Why is it you always defend January 6th? 
It's called credibility, JD, and you have none. Exactly. Did he hang up the phone? Exactly. What a buffoon. What about Black Lives Matter? What about, what about, what about? That is what Republicans do today, ladies and gentlemen, and JD is a perfect example of it. Here I am starting the show because these are some of the biggest news stories of the day. When the Black Lives Matter protests were going on, I was talking about Black Lives Matter protests. But I start the show today, and J.D., I'm so glad he called, because it's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. J.D. is a perfect example of what I am talking about. I'm talking about what the Donald Trump administration and, and, and the money that Donald Trump and Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump took while Donald Trump was president, including a $2 billion investment from the Saudis. I am talking about those topics to begin the program and the fact that Donald Trump might be indicted. And when I bring up those topics, people that are on the far right, not all Republicans, but people that are on the far right that are so biased, don't want to talk about those topics. They want to talk about some random article in Newsweek about Black Lives Matter protests, which has no bearing on this conversation. None. Zero. I, I don't even know if I want to bring this guy back on because he, he, he completely changes the subject and he thinks he can call into a radio show and completely change the topic. J.D., I'm only going to talk to you about the topics that I'm talking about, okay? Not the topics that you want to talk about because, you know, on right-wing echo chamber radio, I'm sure they'll take your call and you can attack Black Lives Matter until the cows come home. But guess that? Guess what? That's not what I do here. I am talking about the corruption within the Trump administration and the fact that Republicans don't want to... All they want to talk about is the Hunter Biden laptop, which is, by, by the way, to this point in years, has shown no criminality. But yet we know that Jared Kushner took a $2 billion investment from the Saudis a week before the FBI found these classified documents at Mar-a-Lago and that Ivanka Trump took in upwards of $700 million in profits from China and Donald Trump had a private bank account from China. Why is it you don't want to talk about that? Could I, could I, could I talk now? If you answer my question. I will. Uh, ha- can I ask you where you have received that information? Because I haven't seen it. Because it's public knowledge. Did, NB, did, NB, did NBC uh, report it? Did CBS report it? Where did you get the information yes, from? Yes, everybody's reporting it. Apparently, uh, maybe not Clan TV. Maybe you watch that. But, uh, yeah, it's well, all over the networks, me, and, and, an, it's, and it's proven fact. Can you give me fact. an example of... Can you give me an example of when and where a, sure. a national organization reported it? Sure. A- MSNBC, CBS, NBC, CNN, even Fox News has reported when? on this story, long? and they've uh, done uh, segments uh, on it. Brett Baer uh, did a segment uh, on this. Brett how Baer, long ago? your boy how, on Fox how, News. How, what does it matter whether it's ago? two days ago or a month ago? The fact is that it's I'm public ask, knowledge. I'm asking, I'm asking uh, uh, for for information. That's and all I'm, I'm asking. You I'm not crediting. And if you don't believe me, you can I'm Google it. The Saudis it re- came here. Yeah, they met at Mar-a-Lago with Jared Kushner. It's impossible to have a conver- conversation with, sir. You're just impossible. You just. I'm impossible to have a conversation yeah, with. Okay, yeah, so JD, I know you've never been in radio you yell, before. You yell and scream and talk because, and talk down and everything else. you bring up different goodbye, topics that a radio goodbye, host is not talking about. That's why. Because you're a clown. 
Go listen to your right-wing echo chamber radio. Go watch your Tucker Carlson. Because all of a sudden, you want evidence now. Oh, give me evidence. It's public knowledge. It's everywhere that Jared Kushner met with the Saudis. Every news publication has reported on it that he accepted a $2 billion investment. But yet you say, oh, where's the evidence? But yet you're the same guy that believes that Donald Trump won the 2020 election. It's hilarious. I'm talking to you about proven facts about how Donald Trump's own family members took advantage of who he was as the president. But yet, you want to talk about Black Lives Matter. I'll tell you why I believe you want to talk about Black Lives Matter. Because I think you're a racist, that's why. Because you'll take every opportunity to go after somebody who is brown. You'll take every opportunity to go after somebody that's a minority. But when it comes to the white supremacists that stormed the Capitol on January 6th, that was a tourist visit. You don't want to talk about the violence that took place on January 6th, do you, J.D.? No, you don't want to talk about that. Let's attack brown people. And by the way, whatever stupid article you read from, they were actually accurate. 95, and I would probably say it was more than that, but I'll be generous. At least 95% of the people of the tens of millions of people that were protesting during Black Lives Matter protests were not violent and they didn't commit any crimes. Nobody condones violence and nobody would condone lighting things on fire. But you see, that's the go-to. It's called whataboutism. When talking about January 6th, you want to talk about Black Lives Matter. And let me give you a very simple distinction between Black Lives Matter and January 6th. The overwhelming majority of people at Black Lives Matter were protesting for something called equality. I know you can't spell that word and you don't know what it means. The overwhelming majority of people that were protesting during Black Lives Matter protests were protesting for equality. All the people that were protesting on January 6th were protesting based on a lie that Donald Trump won the 2020 election. A lie. Those people that stormed the Capitol are terrorists. They are domestic terrorists. And they were trying to overturn the outcome of a free and fair election. That's the difference between Black Lives Matter and January 6th. Number to call 702-221-7283. Again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, is 702-221-7283. Now, it's interesting because Ron DeSantis and James Comer are now blaming diversity initiatives and wokeism for the bank collapse at Silicon Valley. And I'm not making this stuff up. We're going to play audio for you that proves that. Um, I'm not making this up. They are actually blaming wokeism for the bank failures. So this is, these are a few cuts here from Ron DeSantis. I want you to have a listen to this. This is Ron DeSantis and James Comer blaming, I'm not making this up, wokeism for the bank failures in, in Silicon Valley. Have a listen to this. This bank, they're so concerned with DEI and politics and all kinds of stuff. Uh, I think that really diverted from them focusing on their core mission. They were one of the most woke banks in uh, their in their quest for uh, the ESG type uh, type policy. Yeah, there you go. It's wokeism. That's what it is. If you ask anybody with a brain, financier with a brain, they will all tell you. That is a lie. That is not true. And it's absurd. And I bring you Suze Orman, who is a financial expert, 
who spoke in regards to the comments that DeSantis and James Comer make. These are actually people that do this for a living. Listen to what Suze Orman had to say about this. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. What governed SBV really, so uh, SVB rather, was the desire for profits to make money to actually rather than to really look at their loans and their deposits and maybe make a quarter of a percent on it, they went and they wanted to make more money on it. It was the desire for earnings because their stock was on the stock exchange. It was at $700 a share at one point. What did that have to do with diversity? So when people start looking at things like that to blame what happened, that just shows you their serious lack of economics of money and reality, and they're simply going for your vote. And if I were going to vote for somebody that was that ridiculous, it would only be because I would be equally as ridiculous for wanting to do that when it makes absolutely no sense at all. That kind of thinking will get this world into recession, into trouble faster than anything else, because you're not dealing with the real problem. There you go. Suze Orman is a very smart lady. She's right. This isn't uh, about a woke bank. And you know what? I'll even take it a step further. How about we blame the banks and the management and the CEOs? What about that? How about we stop blaming the left and the right? Now, I could sit here and I could say Donald Trump's deregulation of the Dodd bill could have played a role in this. But you know what? I'm not even going to go that far. I'm going to say the CEOs and the management that are running these banks have failed the American people. How about we do that? How about we put some blame in that. How about we put some blame in management and stop blaming the right and stop blaming the left? There's plenty of blame to go around, like I said. But Ron DeSantis, who will most likely be one of the front runners, him and Donald Trump on the right, to be the next president, is saying it was wokeism and it was a woke bank. I mean, this is just this is just stunning and it's and it's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. All right, number to call, uh, 702-221-7283. I think we'll start with line three. Why don't we go with Robert? Robert, let's go with Robert on line three. Hi, Robert, are you there? Hey, buddy, how you doing? This is Attacking the Ignorance from TikTok. Remember, you followed me. Uh, I, I, I think I remember, Robert. You can refresh my memory, but go ahead, my friend. Oh, I'm a, to- I'm a total Trump uh, um, well, hater, okay. man. I'm, I'm the one who's, yeah. Um, You're a Trump know, hater? Kind of is that what you said? Oh, Trump is Trump is the most disgusting person on earth, and nobody really cares uh, who follows him. Robert, I, mean, I don't know why you would say that. I mean, he's a very good-looking man. He's in fantastic physical condition. Uh, he's got an incredible tan. He's got great hair. He seems to treat women with a total amount of respect. He seems to be a very honest businessman. I mean, doesn't he, Robert? I don't know why you would think that way. Well... <laughs> Possibly. I mean, you could sway me a little bit here, but then again, Did I you know, sway hey, you? Okay. <laughs> Robert, what do you, you know, think about this? Uh, I want to ask you this. Here I am talking yeah. about proven corruption in the Trump administration, right? Even Fox News has reported on this, that Jared Kushner receives $2 billion from the Saudis. And then I got a guy calling up and wants to talk about Black Lives Matter. Robert, help me out. How do I deal with these people? Um... What about Obama? And what about Hillary Clinton? And what about Joe Biden? They're crime family. <laughs> yeah. What about? I think they call that what about? Yeah. Yes. What about ism? You know, yeah. the, the thing is, is it, it, it seems to me that if if uh, Trump's name all of a sudden changed to Jim Jones, uh, we would lose some people. 
Um, the, the thing is, it doesn't matter what information is coming out about Donald Trump, like recently another phone call from, from Fulton County uh, regards to trying to change votes in, uh, in Georgia. The, the Fox information, the depositions, uh, Rupert Murdoch, uh, knowing that Sidney Powell and all these people have lied about voter fraud, the Dominion, Smartmatic, knowingly and willingly and calling these people um, Sidney Powell an idiot, Rudy Giuliani a drunk, and, and, and Mike Lindell a nut job. It doesn't matter. Um, Donald Trump has implanted his seed of stupidity in the people, in a big percentage of people who follow him. I agree. Now, By the way, again, so you mentioned the MyPillow guy. Uh, a new story just came out yesterday. Mike, M- Mike Lindell, My- Mike Pillow, as I call him. Uh, apparently, his company has gone in the tank, and he just had to borrow $10 million. I don't know if you heard about that. Oh, yeah. I've, I got that video. Go- I'm working on that video right now, so I can put it on my site. How does somebody who has $300 million, supposedly, now have to borrow $10 million? Because he's just like Donald Trump. He's a liar. He's a liar just like Trump. He claims to be this wealthy, rich, successful businessman, and yet you have his business that's gone in the tank. Exactly. Exactly. And again, it doesn't matter what information is coming out, um, that these people, they all say it's fake, it's a witch hunt, it's a lie. And we're using Trump's own words. We're using Trump's own, own documents. We're using his tax information. We're using other people's words and, and truthfulness behind closed doors, right. knowing that they, that they lie to millions upon millions of people, knowing what they're doing is going to increase their bottom line on their you are a hundred percent. You are a hundred percent correct. And you know what's interesting about this is, you know, we could be talking about Donald Trump and a big story that came out today where it's been proven that he he was doing business with Russia or China, and, and a big story could come out today, and people would still be calling into my show like JD wanting to talk about Black Lives Matter. Yeah, it's 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 a diversion. It's a diversion. No question. And, and, and the thing is this, um, are they worried about Donald Trump's new information coming out that he received $10 million in donations to Truth Social? No, and, and that's, a, uh, that's a story, as you know, Robert, that uh, I brought up a few minutes ago. They don't want to talk about that. Where, uh, the, the, you know, they were finally getting their eye out on this story, uh, uh, and now they're under federal investigation. Truth Social's under federal investigation for money laundering yes. in connection to two payments made to them totaling $8 million. That's what you're referring to. And this was controlled by allies of Vladimir Putin. But no, let's talk about Hunter Biden's laptop, Black Lives Matter, and drag queens. Well, I got, I, I got some good news, uh, Robert, for some of the right-wing nuts out there. I am going to talk about drag queens in the next segment, so you're going to want to stay tuned, okay? <laughs> oh, by the, way, by the way, when it comes to drag queens, drag shows yes um are the parents that are worried about parents taking their children to these shows do you people still complain when you take your children to hooters and the beach where girls are wearing skimpy you know uh, g-string no they won't no they won't and that's a good point they won't because they're hypocrites robert i do appreciate your call as always my friend thanks for calling in okay buddy Thank you, buddy. Have a good day. Be safe. Appreciate that. You too, my friend. 702-221-7283. Let's go to Carl. Carl's next. What's going on, Carl? 
Hey, how you doing, buddy? Good. You, you still got the best show on the air. So I appreciate we'll you know. that. Thank you. Wait a second. Uh, better than Sean listen, Hannity? Am I better than Tucker, uh, the white supremacist Carlson? I don't know. He's but they're making more yeah, money. But you got to have unfortunately. a you got to have a better you got to have a better show than people with no brains. I mean, come on. You know. Anyway, uh, listen. You're talking about the bank problem and all, and the woke bank. Yeah. Well, let me say one thing. They're trying to scare everybody in the banking system. Let me explain something real quick to you. That any bank that's covered by the FDIC, which is most all the major banks, you can have an account up to up to uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and it's covered by the FDIC government. So a family, a a mother, I mean a a wife and a husband alone, the wife can have one account in her name, two hundred fifty thousand guaranteed. The husband, two hundred fifty thousand guaranteed by the right. FDIC, and a joint. Account two hundred seven hundred fifty thousand dollars guaranteed by the federal government. So most family, I don't think anybody you're going to find ninety nine percent of the population won't have that kind of money in a bank. But that's uh, about what it is. It's it's ridiculous to scare people like that. Well, you know what? I hear what you're saying, Carl. And you know there are people on the right that are blaming the left. There are people on the left that are blaming the right. Uh, This has nothing to do with Joe Biden. And uh, you can make the argument that Donald Trump deregulated uh, these banks with the Dodd bill that that was put forth when Trump was president. But you know what? I'm not even going to go that far. This is bad management. These are bad CEOs. And this has nothing to do with wokeism, which is a joke. That's the term that that right wingers use. It, it, it's bad management and bad CEOs. I don't think it has much of anything to do with Donald yeah. Trump. Well, I certainly don't think it has point, anything to do with Joe yeah. Biden. The last point, you're talking about Lindell. And uh, yes. uh, what a crooked, he's a crooked businessman, just like Trump was. He he used to be in all the major stores. Yep. And he was thrown out of every major store because he had an F rating from the Better Business Bureau because people would send in for his stuff. And he either wouldn't send them, yep. or he'd say it's two for one. And By the way, his one. pillows suck. He's a, I, I tried one. I got one of his pillows as a gift. It was the worst pillow I've ever had. I just wanted to be clear. Oh, well, I have Carl, one. I got I to gotta run, my friend. I got to take a break, but I always appreciate okay. you calling in. Thank you so take, much. Take okay? care. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mike Lindell's pillows suck. I woke up the next day. I should have done a tutorial. Maybe he would have used it for one of his commercials. I woke up the next day. My neck was killing me. I had right winger pain in my neck. I think that's what the doctor called it. I don't know, but I would never buy one of those stupid pillows. I'll tell you that right now. All right. You're going to want to stay tuned because coming up next, I have a story for you out of a Florida hotel. It involves Ron DeSantis and it involves drag queens and Ron DeSantis ain't happy. And those who are running the drag queen show are not happy either. It's a very interesting story. I got to say. Uh, It is interesting. So we'll take a break. We're going to talk about it when we come up next. And of course, if you want to be a part of the program, the number to call 702-221-7283. Again, that number 702-221-7283. We'll be back right after this. Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. 
We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. As a three-time international award-winning restaurant, Joe's New York Pizza uses only the freshest and best available ingredients. From giant slices of hand-tossed pie to calzones, strombolis, fingers, and wings, Joe's serves all your favorites. Stop in for a slice at one of their two Las Vegas locations at Paradise and Harmon or South Las Vegas Boulevard, or you can check out their menu at joesnewyorkpizzalv.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Pushing the Limits on a Thursday. NCAA tournament. Looks like Utah State's going to be going down. Just bet against Mountain West Conference teams, man. I'm telling you, the Mountain West is just not as good as people think it is. I, I say that every year, and people still don't believe me. Paul McKeskey, the big man, the seven-footer, 11-year NBA veteran, is going to be joining us in studio here at the top of the hour. Talk some hoops, talk about John Morant, talk NBA, talk NCAA tournament and all that. I want to tell you guys about... Uh, my good friends at Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care, located at 6125 West Sahara Avenue. No appointment needed. Give them a call, 702-248-0554. You could also visit them online at saharawesturgentcare.com. They take most insurances if you don't have insurance. Only a $95 payment. Like I said, I was in and out of there in 20 minutes. Please give them a call or check them out. Stop by Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care and tell them that I sent you. All right, folks, we got an interesting story that I'm talking about now. It involves... Ron DeSantis and drag queens. So you know it's going to be interesting, right? 
And you know, Ron DeSantis, although I, I can picture Ron DeSantis as a drag queen, he could be good looking. I, I mean, I don't know. When he wore, the, I'll be honest, when he wore those uh, white boots, I thought he looked really, really good. Thought it was very sexy. I'll be honest with you. But um, so the Hyatt Regency Miami hosted a drag queen Christmas in December. This is way back in December. It included, and I'm going to try to describe this on the radio so that I don't get in trouble, which is going to be very difficult, but I'm going to try to use my on-air broadcasting abilities to ad-lib a little bit. Um, This Drag Queen Christmas in December, which was, by the way, an 18 and over show, it included performers rubbing, I can say this, prosthetic breasts. Yes, they were doing that. Uh, on faces and mouths of attendees. They were exposing rears, and they simulated some other sexual acts. Keep in mind, you can go as an 18-year-old into some strip clubs in this country and see people completely naked. That was not happening here. There were some graphic uh, depictions of childbirth and or abortion, And a complaint was filed by the Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulation. By the way, the person that filed the complaint is probably the same person that is committing adultery eight times a day. I just want to be clear on that. The Hyatt's general manager said that the city of Miami owns the venue where the drag show took place and that a third party manages it. So everything makes sense so far, right? Well, Ron DeSantis is uh, taking their liquor license away and he's punishing them for this drag show that for all intents and purposes was completely legal. It might not be your thing. It's probably not my thing. I can't tell you that I'd want to go to that show, but to each their own. If you, if that's what you want to see, you want to see a drag show. I have absolutely no problem with that. Do I think it's appropriate for little kids? No. Hence 18 and over. Uh, The event in reference was hosted at the city-owned James L. Knight Center, which is a third-party operated venue adjacent to Hyatt Regency Miami, a statement that was made to Fox News. And, of course, Fox News is all over this story because it involves drag queens. Bad, bad. Let's not talk about guns or health care. Let's talk about those drag queens. Bad, bad. Killing our kids. Uh, Hyatt's only role at the James L. Knight Center is to provide food and beverage concessions, according to Hyatt Management. Governor Ron DeSantis's office this week announced that it was beginning the process to remove the hotel's liquor license. The administration has also sent a warning to the Hyatt ahead of the event. Well, what would the warning be? Uh, that's what I don't understand. What's the warning here? Uh, according to uh, those in Governor DeSantis's administration, here's what they're upset about. Sexually explicit content is not appropriate to display to children, and doing so violates Florida law, Florida's governor's press secretary, Brian Griffin, said. Governor DeSantis stands up for the innocence of children in the classroom and throughout Florida. I want to go back and I want, first of all, 18 and over. If you're 18, you're not a little child. That's number one, so that's a lie. Number two, if Governor DeSantis does stand up for the innocence of children in the classroom, then why has he made it easier for people to get their hands on guns? An actual real issue facing Florida, hence the Parkland shooting. If Ron DeSantis really cares about our kids, wouldn't he do something about that? Instead, he's more focused on taking a liquor license away from a drag queen show, which, by the way, didn't hurt anybody. Nobody died. Nobody got injured. And from what I can see from the video, 
Everybody was having a good time. People were smiling. And, and, and maybe there was one person in the crowd where maybe they were stiff and their feelings were hurt. So they decided to file a complaint. Well, guess what? Don't go to a drag queen show then, you idiot. It's like somebody who goes to a comedy show and doesn't want to laugh and then leaves and says, boy, I really didn't like that show. I didn't like some of the jokes. Then don't go to a comedy show, idiot. According to DeSantis's office, the hotel has 21 days to request a hearing on the matter. And Blattner clarified that the Hyatt would keep its liquor license in the meantime. Blattner wrote, we are reviewing the complaint and will address the situation directly with the state's Department of Business and Professional Regulation as part of the administration review process. Uh, this is a picture of the drag queen show. Okay, I'm showing it to everybody. Um, I remember I went to the show Divas. And I enjoyed it. It was a show in Las Vegas where they had some impersonators and men dressed as women uh, impersonating those celebrities. And I thought it was fun. I didn't see anything wrong with it at all. And as far as this show is concerned, the show was updated and recommended for audiences of 18 years old and over. Again, you could be 18 years old in this country and you're a senior in high school. You can go to a strip club and see completely naked people there. That's okay, but but this is a problem. Let me tell you what this isn't about. This isn't about sexually explicit stuff. This isn't about hurting children. This is about far people on the far right that continuing to attack the LGBT community and drag, attack drag queens. That's what this is about. This is about Christians, some Christians on the on the alt right that don't agree with drag queens and drag queen shows so they're trying to attack it but you won't hear these same people talk about the real issues facing this country and i talked about it like our kids being killed by ar-15s if ron DeSantis really cares about our children then why isn't he talking about those issues but he's not he'll send a bunch of uh, migrants seeking asylum on a plane to martha's vineyard he didn't really seem to care about those children that were on that plane but that's okay Use children as political pawns and send them to Martha's Vineyard. Let's make it easier for people, especially those that are mentally disturbed, to get their hands on guns. But, oh, boy, when it comes to a drag queen show, oh, boy, that's just going to kill our children, isn't it? Those are the priorities of Ron DeSantis, and those are the priorities of the Republican Party. Uh, the regulations uh, department complaint said that during the show, and uh, during the show, performers appeared on stage wearing sexually suggestive clothing and prosthetic female genitalia. So what? Who cares? An 18-year-old can go into a strip club and see the real deal. But none of you seem to have a problem with that. So if an 18-year-old walks into a drag queen show, you have a problem with that. But if an 18-year-old walks into a strip club, a heterosexual man, I would assume, that wants to see women naked... That's totally okay. Folks, do you see the hypocrisy here? Do you see the hypocrisy? I do find this kind of funny, though. I'm going to read a little bit of the sketches that they do in this show, and, and some of you might, might not find it funny. Some of you might not have a sense of humor. I do find this funny. Uh, they do some sexual remixes on this show, by the way, to some popular Christmas songs. Uh, <laughs> one of their songs is called Screwed off the red-nippled reindeer. Uh, and it sounds like a really good smash hit. That's something that I would definitely like to see. Uh, they were also playing uh, explicit lyrics, including 
You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. Uh, then one soggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's kind of funny. Uh, they're, they're having, a, and by the way, if this was done, I guarantee you, if some of these skits were done in a straight manner, and if this didn't have drag queens in this show, Ron DeSantis would have no problem with it. Republicans would have no problem with it, and we wouldn't be talking about it. So I ask you all this question, and I think it's a fair question to ask. Is this another example of Ron DeSantis being a dictator? Is this another example of Ron DeSantis and appealing to his base, and if you don't like something, you call it woke? Do you have a problem with an 18-year-old walking into a drag queen show, seeing some expl- explicit sexual stuff? Do you think that's wrong? Or do you disagree with Ron DeSantis and, like me, think that it's a, he's an authoritative dictator? And this is another example of him going after the LGBT community and going after, in this case, what we're talking about here in this show, a drag queen Christmas show. I'll open up the phone lines. I want to hear from you. And I want to know your thoughts on this before we switch topics. Number to call 702-221-7283. And again, the number, if you want to be a part of the program, 702-221-SAVE, 702-221-7283. 7283. I know we have a lot of people watching on social media, on all of our media platforms. We also do a live radio show here, and we are happy to take your call on this. What do you think about Ron DeSantis taking away the liquor license of this drag queen show for the simple case being they're just a bunch of drag queens doing a show? Is there some sexually explicit material in this show? Absolutely. Is anybody forcing you to go to the show? Absolutely not. What is your problem with an 18-year-old walking into a drag queen show that might be sexually explicit? If you have a problem with that, then I guess you would have a problem with 18 and over strip clubs, right? That would be more sexually explicit because in some of these strip clubs, even here in Las Vegas, you can be 18 years and over and you can see a woman completely naked. Either or, it's up to the people in this country. I don't think 13-year-olds and 12-year-olds should be seeing this sort of stuff. I do find that inappropriate. And that shouldn't happen. But I think if you're 18 years old, you're old enough to be able to decide whether you want to see this sort of stuff or not. Some people enjoy it. Some people don't. It doesn't really sound like the show that I would probably be into watching. Not really my thing, but we want to get your thoughts on that. Again, the number to call. If you want to be uh, part of the conversation, uh, 702-221-7283. Again, that number, 702-221-7283. All right, let's get back to the phone lines here, and let's go to Harley, who's next up on Pushing Limits. Hello, Harley. Eight, six, five, four. Okay, uh, it doesn't sound like a serious call. Uh, sir, if you'd like to have a reasonable debate, uh, I'm happy to do so. Uh, but it's, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe, and I could be wrong on this. Maybe that was somebody who uh, wants their money back from the drag queen show. Maybe they want a refund. I don't know, but I'm actually happy to have a serious conversation with somebody about this, whether you agree or disagree with this drag queen show. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get a phone caller, uh, that actually wants to have a serious conversation about this. 702-221-7283. Let's go to David. Hello, David. What's up? Hey, Dave, uh, Brian, uh, you got to do your research before you start doing these 
I'm uh, talking about it on your radio show here. Okay. Go you on. You said it's 18 and over. It's they not 18 and the over. They changed the show to 18 and over. Yes, sir. They recently changed No, they changed did it. not. Yes, they did. They recently no, they I have I have the story right here. Maybe you have to do your research. We'll read it. Okay. It, I will it read says, it for you verbatim. Says, would you like would you like me to do that? I'll send it to you. So okay, you, can you don't read have it. to send me anything. I'll send you pictures of drag queens. Would you like that, sir? No, I'm not gay like you. Okay. Actually but, there's nothing uh, wrong with being gay. And I made a joke well, and now you're showing your homophobia. I am a straight male, and I actually believe, unlike you, that people should be allowed to, to watch what they want to watch, regardless of whether you like it or not. I have the story right here. They have switched the show to 18 and over. So you are 100% wrong. I have the story right in front of You are 100% wrong. I don't you care what wrong. you think is right or wrong, sir. I don't care. Okay? You're wasting my time. You're wrong. Okay, well, Push I'll send those drag lies. queen posters over Push to you, sir, because it sounds like you would really enjoy it. I have the article right here, okay? Off of the Associated Press. Now, the Associated Press said, since the DeSantis administration hit them up, they turned the show to 18 and over. And the DeSantis administration still has an issue with that. This guy has absolutely no idea what he's talking about. And by the way, doesn't it speak volumes on who this guy is? He calls me gay. As if that is, you know, like calling somebody a liberal, that's a Republican, as if you're you're talking down to somebody. Now, I made a joke to him because I know what kind of person he is. I can tell just by that phone call. He's homophobic. He's on the far right. He's a Trump supporter living in middle America. And quite frankly, most people that are homophobic are bigots. And if you're not a bigot, you probably are gay yourself. And sadly, you're afraid to come out of the closet. That guy probably enjoys it. But he wants to play it off like, you know, his quote, I'm not gay like you. So he's trying to talk down by calling somebody gay, which is what a grade schooler would do. And is it a shock that this is the same person, Donald Trump's base, that has a problem with drag queen shows? And by the way, I do my research. I have the articles right in front of me. They switched this show to 18 and over. This guy has absolutely no idea what he's talking about. But you see, somebody like that caller who just called into this show, and by the way, the number to call, 702-221-7283. Again, the number 702-221-7283. That's the kind of guy that cares more about the threat of drag queens reading books to our children in libraries. To him, that's more important than the gun violence in this country. To him, that's more important with the health care issues in this country. To him, that's more important than... May, say minimum wage or maybe taking a woman's right away to choose, those aren't important issues to this guy. What's more important to a guy like that, which is, by the way, Donald Trump's base, are drag queen shows in general. How do I know that? Look at how he used being gay as in derogatory fashion. Anybody who thinks being gay is is horrible and wrong and you want to talk down to people for being gay, which, by the way, I'm not. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Last I checked, I'm a heterosexual man. There's nothing wrong with being gay. But many people in Donald Trump's inner circles, many of those on the far right that have issues with drag queen shows are the people that use the type of language that that guy used when he just called into this program. That's exactly what they do. And it's unfortunate. It's sad. 
the discrimination that those have been affected by, those that are gay, those that are drag queens, whatever the case may be, they have been the victims of discrimination for many and many a years. There are still some countries in the world where they will kill you or hang you if you happen to be gay. And it's sad, it's unfortunate, it's scary. But this is the base of the Republican Party today. The base of the Republican Party today is LGBTQ community, transgender, threat to the country, gay, threat to the country. We can't have two gay people that marry each other. Oh, no, that's horrible. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. It's so bad. It's so bad. And it's uh, it's sad. It's unfortunate. And um, let people live, man. I am not saying that I believe that 12-year-olds or 10-year-olds or 13-year-olds should be seeing anything that's explicit sexually at all. That starts with parenting. And by the way, that's not happening in this country. A bunch of 12-year-olds and 11-year-olds um, aren't uh, being taught sexually explicit material by teachers. Uh, they're not going to drag shows and, and, and watching this sort of stuff. It's just not happening, at least not at the rate that many Republicans and people like Ron DeSantis would like you to believe. It's just not happening. But this is the red meat of the Republican base. The guy who just called is a perfect example of that. Use the term of being gay to downplay and down talk somebody because their sexuality might be different than theirs. And trust me, folks, if somebody's straight, and it happens sadly in this country every day, if somebody's straight commits a sexual act or sexually abuses a child, they don't want to talk about those cases. They don't want to talk about that. They want to talk about people who happen to be gay that commit crimes to try to attack the gay community. It's very unfortunate. All right, here's what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to the seven-footer himself, 11-year NBA veteran Paul McKeskey is going to be joining us. We're going to go over some of the NCAA tournament scores. The first round of the NCAA tournament has officially begun, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk and give an update on John Morant. John Morant... uh, has still not played an NBA game since that whole situation took place with the gun in the strip club. We'll talk a little bit about that. It's funny, NBA players aren't getting in trouble for going to drag queen shows. I mean, that's very shocking to me. But uh, anyway, we'll talk about all that with Paul McKeskey coming up next. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Buddy, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. 
office visit starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Hey, everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries, you name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. The Radio Shopping Show is heard right here on 1400 KSHP North Las Vegas. At KSHP.com. It's Pinkman. All right, welcome back. It is pushing the limits on a Thursday, my favorite time of the year, folks, that, and my favorite probably two days in all of sports. Listen, the Final Four is great. The Elite Eight is great. Sweet 16 is great. But the first two days of the tournament are my favorites because you got you know teams that some people haven't even heard of playing against the likes of like Kansas. And, oh, man, it's so much fun. What better person to mix it up, right, than uh, the big man himself, 11-year NBA veteran, 20-year coach, Paul McCaskey, as they call him, Mo, joining us now in studio. And this studio is way too small for Paul McCaskey, that is for sure. What's up, Paul? How's it going, man? I'm really happy right now. KU's up 23. Uh, we need one more win, and then they come here to Vegas, which would be insane. And for those of you that don't know, about 140 years ago, Paul McCaskey did play for Kansas. Yep. Sorry, that was. I'm calling you old. I'm sorry, Mo. I am old. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> no, seriously, what year? What, what were the four years you played there? 75 to 79. And who was your coach? Ted Owens. Ted Owens. He was a coach before uh, Larry Brown was there. And you were an All-American, weren't you? Uh, you were close to it. Uh, in some, some yeah, circles. Yeah, your there. stats were pretty darn good. Um, well, you must be happy about that, uh, Kansas. Uh, the most important thing for teams like that, and I think you'll agree, is nobody gets hurt, right? You want to win the game, of course, but you don't want any of your starters to get hurt and go down. Um, and we'll have to monitor. Uh, and listen, again, I've been going against the Mountain West Conference. I said Nevada was going to lose yesterday. They got spanked. I said Utah State was going to lose today. They got spanked. Missouri's not even that good of a bat. They're an okay team, but Utah State just couldn't score against them. The Mountain West is just not as good as people say it is. They should not have had four teams in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's so tough because, you know, the committee goes by uh, your record, but also your record 
in your conference, how strong is your conference really, and then preseason games. And right. if you're a college coach, you can you can schedule – if you're a mid- to high-level college coach, you can schedule guaranteed 10 wins a season. Mm-hmm. Easy. You just – preseason, you get – Pay games. So, UNLV, perfect yeah. example of that. So people who don't understand, yep. uh, uh, let's say Kansas, okay? Kansas pays um, uh, uh, Moorhead State mm-hmm. to come into Kansas. They give them $150,000, put them up, feed them, and then beat them. And then, you know, that school gets that into their program, mm-hmm. and you get a W. That's how college basketball works. Yeah. And uh, if you're at a high level like Kansas or – those type of teams, you got to be careful because you got to you got to schedule enough high high level games, which Kansas has. I think they have the most um, tier one wins, and that means wins against top twenty teams than any team in in the conference in the tournament. So they've done that and won games. The problem is, if you're that level and you schedule these games and you happen to lose them, mm-hmm. now your record is seventeen and something or eighteen and something. Right, you're on the on the hot seat to get fired. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. kind of a uh, a game played there in, yeah. in college basketball. So I do want to um, get back to the NSA tournament here in a few uh, next segment, and of course we're going to talk some hoops. We're going to talk about John Morant, and and I have uh, he actually did an interview with Jalen Rose. I'm going to play a little bit of that for you. But before we do that, I do want to talk a little bit of football because I know you have opinions on the NFL. Let's start here locally with the Raiders. Um, I've talked to people that cover the Raiders regularly that I have a ton of respect for. Like they go to practices every day. And even they're saying to me, you know, I understand that the Raiders are trying to save some money. Uh, I get all that. But this Darren Waller uh, trade to the Giants for a third-round draft pick makes literally no sense to me. First of all, Mo, Darren Waller's a great guy. He's a great, great player. He was hurt last year. He didn't get to play a lot. He still had some pretty good numbers. This is a guy who suffered from addiction. HBO Real Sports did a story on him. He literally goes into the tunnels here in Vegas and saves lives. Great guy. Stays out of trouble. Phenomenal football player when he's healthy. He suffered with some injuries last year. He just uh, got married to uh, a WNBA player here, Kelsey Plum. A week later, they get rid of him, and people were joking on, so online. This is Mark Davis's, uh, you know, wedding gift to them. This this doesn't make any sense to me. And I know what some people will say in defending the Raiders. Well, they're trying to save some salary cap. They're trying to save some money. Uh, and they want to bring in, uh, you know, somebody else. Okay, I'll believe it when I see it. But my issue is Devonte Adams is, can't be happy. I don't think he wanted Garoppolo here. He can't be happy. I know they just signed Josh Jacobs, but I haven't heard one real good reason for why they did this. Yeah, it's uh, it kind of threw me for a loop too because. You know, I, I know how important tight ends are to football. I mean, just look at the Chiefs and all those teams right. that, you know, you know, win with great tight ends. And he is an up and coming top 10 tight end in the, in the league, but 15 at least. Right. So to give him up for a third round draft pick makes no sense to me now. Draft picks in the, in the NFL are different than the NBA. In the NBA, there isn't even a third round. That's how unimportant it is. Right. You know, but. Uh, second round picks in the NBA, no big deal. No one really cares about them. Third round in the NFL, it's, it's a better pick, but still for a tight end, important position, great in the community. Um, it really was kind of interesting to me that, you know, and then when you think, I don't know what the finances are. I don't know, you know what his contract is, but did it really give him that much relief? It didn't seem like no, it. No. And, and, and what, again, what makes this story more perplexing is that I think Darren Waller did, did, did work in this offense. He's a very skilled player. Uh, and I know he got hurt for much of the year and, and he wasn't playing, but 
He's a good dude. Uh, great with the media. I would imagine he's good with the coaching staff. I don't, I, you know, part of this is Mark Davis, but I think a lot of this is Josh McDaniels and management uh, other than Mark Davis. I think Mark Davis, for the most part, kind of stays out of it. Uh, like he's not a Jerry Jones type where he wants to over-manage. He wants to let the football people make the football decisions. I do not like Josh McDaniels. I've said that from the beginning. Uh, it doesn't seem like he is extremely liked in the locker room. Uh, I don't. I, I understand what they say he's trying to do. Draft young. Get your own players. Where has he been successful at that? He was a head coach before. He failed. And, I, and, and he certainly miserably failed in year one here. Uh, where is his success? Oh, the New England Patriots. Oh, okay. Well, he was the offensive coordinator for two Hall of Famers and arguably the best coach and the best quarterback of all time and Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick. Where else has this guy succeeded? And um, I don't know. I'm just not a believer in this guy. Yeah, and, and maybe it makes me think of, uh, you know, he was hurt last year. So it makes me think of what was that injury, how serious it was, and that evaluation. Because uh, years ago, I was with the Dallas Mavericks, and uh, we had a great nucleus of Dirk Nowinski, Steve Nash, and uh, uh, Mike Finley. Great, and great we were, team. And we were up and coming. Were you uh, coaching on that team? I was an assistant coach on that, that team, yeah, for for five years. And that's when I first got there. And um, they made a, a conscious decision because Steve Nash had back problems. And he struggled throughout that year to get healthy and stay healthy. And they talked to the doctors. And uh, they come up with the conclusion that to pay Steve Nash. Now, people don't understand that. You, you pay him $20 million or $30 million a year, whatever that number was, plus over the salary cap. That doubles what you're, what you're going to pay out as a team. So they made that financial decision against his projected injury. It turns out that that projected injury wasn't like they thought. And Steve Nash was MVP of the league the next year. And if we have Steve Nash on our team, we win the NBA championship. That's so, a good point. So yeah. I wonder if there's something there injury-wise, because otherwise it doesn't really make sense to me, that, that, that trade. In that aspect with Dallas, they seem to be a bit impatient. And I think with the Raiders, maybe they're being a little bit impatient with uh, Darren Waller. I don't know. I don't understand Josh McDaniel's plan. Uh, it's certainly not to win now. Like if, if he wanted to win now, he would have he he would have made different decisions. If the plan is long term, okay, well, Garoppolo's got several years left to go at least, but he's injury prone. That's not your guy three four years from now. You've gotten rid of Darren Waller. You have arguably the best receiver in college football in Devonte Adams. He's not happy. Clearly, he's made some statements on social media where he's not happy. Um, I don't understand. I don't understand if you're thinking long term. I, I don't know, man. I just don't know. I, I just don't think this is going to work out with Josh McDaniels. And I know it's only year two approaching, but I, I'm, I'm not a believer. And if you want to win short term, right, and, and you have um, uh, Devontae Adams, right, uh, and you want to win now, how about go after uh, Aaron Rodgers, one of his best friends that was really successful for him? I mean, I don't know what— He's going to be on the Jets. He's a Jets guy. I, I thought he said Giants. He no, Jets. For the Giants. He's going to be on the Jets. Uh, but yeah. I, I'm like, you know, go ahead and go all out for him then if you're Las Vegas. Which they clearly think. didn't. Uh, yeah, I don't right. think they could have— uh, Maybe they couldn't have afforded his contract. But, you know, you want to make Devontae Adams a happy man, uh, you know, that would be bringing Aaron Rodgers here. I think Aaron Rodgers would have fit pretty nicely. Uh, I think he fits pretty nicely anywhere. Some people say, well, Josh McDaniel's offense doesn't fit Aaron Rodgers. Listen, Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's still— uh, while he's not in his prime, he's still one of the best quarterbacks in, in, in all of the NFL. And, uh, you know, you got to beat guys like the likes of, of Pat Mahomes, right? I mean, that, mm. you know, uh, Garoppolo is a guy who his prime is behind him now, I believe. Uh, he made it to a Super Bowl. 
He's a quality quarterback, but he gets hurt a lot. And you have to have an offensive line that can protect him. And right now, the Raiders do not have that. Uh, maybe they get rid of Darren Waller to try to try to get some guys in that that can do that. But I am not sold on what the Raiders have done thus far. I do not. I like Mark Davis as a person. I don't believe Mark Davis is a good owner of a professional football team. Uh, they've made a lot of mistakes. Uh, Sapasaccia last year and that coaching staff should have stayed this year. They got the Raiders to the playoffs. They got the best out of Derek Carr. I think it could have worked out. Um, and they decided to go with a guy who has no positives to speak of as a head coach. And I don't understand what they are trying to do. I just don't understand it. You can tell me all you want until the cows come home that, oh, they're, they're going to draft young and this is a long-term plan. Well, guess what? That doesn't work for, for, for Raider Nation here in Vegas. That doesn't work. They want to win now. And, and that's a really bad plan uh, <laughs> because you have Max Crosby, one of the best defensive players in the NFL. You have Devontae Adams, arguably the best receiver in football. You had Darren Waller. You should be winning football games now. This shouldn't be a rebuilding situation. Well, and if you talk about in pro sports, if you want to win now, what do you want to pay, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, the Toronto Raptors years ago uh, rented Kawhi Leonard. They rented him for half a year, and they won a championship. Yep. And then all Toronto Raptor fans were crazy and happy, and everything was great, yep. but now they're nowhere to be seen. Right. A few years ago, the Lakers got Anthony Davis – and won a championship the next year, even though it was in the bubble. But now they owe him forty or fifty million a year. But it was worth it to them to win one championship. So at some point, you're going to decide: is it worth sacrificing everything to win now or rebuild? And uh, the worst thing you could do is be in uh, purgatory, and that is not either one or the other. And then your your fans aren't happy, your players aren't happy, and no one's happy. Yeah, it's. We'll have to wait and see how this thing plays out. But I know that there are not many Raiders fans that I've talked to that are very excited at some of the decisions that they've made. Now, listen, we're still in the offseason. They're going to make more decisions. I would imagine they're going to draft a young quarterback and let Garoppolo play here for several years uh, and uh, guaranteed here for a year. But I would imagine Garoppolo will stick around for several years. We hope he doesn't get hurt. But uh, I think... I heard Brady's coming back. He's going to play here, and Garoppolo's <laughs> going to be his backup. That's like, what I it's, you know, That'd be nice, but, you know, just like New England. But you know what? It, it's interesting, Mo, because, you know, Tom Brady bought a home here. My guy from TMZ Sports came on the show a few months ago, and he said that uh, Mark Wahlberg just moved here recently in the last year. Seems like everybody's moving here, right? Even seven-footers that used to play in the NBA. They're all, they're all <laughs> yeah, moving here. I'm not living in their neighborhood. <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> that's true. You have a nice home, though. But <laughs> but Tom Brady bought a home a couple blocks down the road from his good friend Mark Wahlberg. And when that happened a couple months ago, I said, you know what? He is not happy in Tampa Bay. I, I think he's going to be a Raider next year. And I was really disappointed to hear that he retired. You never know with Tom Brady. He could come back. But I don't think he will this time. Uh, there's a lot of uh, – uh, Ty Lue, the coach of the Clippers, sure. he has a nice house here. There's a lot of people that have houses here. Yep. Um, I'm surprised that we haven't heard LeBron James has a house here because he, he obviously wants a team here. What I think LeBron is going to do, and he said this, and I think this is his plan, is maybe be a partial owner or a majority owner of a team that comes to Vegas. Because, by the way, he loves this city. <clears throat> he he praises this city. He loves coming here, USA Basketball. He has events here. He loves it here. He's mentioned that for one year, maybe the last year of his career, he might be on the same team as his son. Now, I don't know if his son's going to be an NBA player. Uh, I don't think anybody knows that. But if you're LeBron James, uh, you'll make it happen. Um, it could be in Las Vegas. 
That's all I'm saying. That could be a situation in Vegas where LeBron takes ownership of an NBA team. How does that work, by the way? Can you still be playing and be a partial owner of a team? Do they allow that? I'm not sure about that. I know when I was a coach in Charlotte, and Michael Jordan was a mm-hmm. minority owner, but he ran the basketball end of it. Right. Uh, and now he's the majority owner. Mm. But even guys, I mean, Michael Jordan still makes $250 million a year on his Nike contract. He, he makes more than most NBA players do that are playing right now right. because of his deals he did. And and even he was could only buy a small percentage because you're talking about, well, the, the Bucks are going to go for $3.5 billion. Uh, and, you know, and the, I would think the, the Vegas franchise, when it comes, will be worth more than that. You would think. So, uh, you need to have partners, uh, willing to do that. But, uh, that's interesting. I don't know. I know there's been, there used to be player coaches. Bill Russell was one. Um, you know, he was a player coach in Boston. Right. Uh, but I don't know if you can be a, uh, I would, that'd be interesting because, uh, you know, uh, you know, if I'm on that team, I'm making sure that player owner gets the ball and shoots sure. as many times as he wants. So I keep my job and keep my contract. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that, an interesting concept. Uh, I mean, and that's, yeah. and now he, now I'm an owner and I'm a player and I get, and you're my teammate and I right. get mad at you on the floor. Right. I can trade you. Yeah. <laughs> I can just trade you, like go in the office after the game, <laughs> make some calls, and trade you because I'm mad at you. Right? I don't know if that works. I don't like that. I'm idea. not sure either, Mo. I, I'm with <laughs> you on that. Uh, that's that's an interesting concept. I don't think some players would like that. Uh, but uh, hey, I'm just saying I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility that LeBron James uh, buys a piece of an NBA team or maybe a majority of a team. The guy's got boatloads of money. He can do it. And uh, maybe when a franchise comes out here to Las Vegas, which is just a matter of time, it will. That his son could be drafted on his team, or maybe he plays for a half a season. Who knows? But uh, I wouldn't put it past LeBron. He's LeBron James, and he's got a lot of power, a lot of money, a lot of say, and we'll have to wait and see what happens. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about John Morant, and then we'll get to the NCAA tournament and, and talk about some of the games today and some of the games that are being played now. Uh, as you know, we talked about this last week. John Morant loses a basketball game, goes to a strip club afterwards. That's not where we have an issue. Which like, was done many, many, many times. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but he goes to a strip club, and then he starts flashing a gun. Um, we were told that he was going to be suspended two games. He's now been out six games. Um, and I want to play you a clip because these are the first public comments that John Morant has made. And let's like let's back up a little bit. So sure. What I understand is now the league is suspended for eight games, right. but he's already served six games, Correct. so it's only two more. And the other thing that uh, on that video, I don't agree with it. He's he was really stupid to do it, but the facts are you can't you don't know if that was a real gun or if he was drunk or right, there would right. be charges in Denver. Right. Um, but it seemed like it was either way. It was stupid for him to do. Very. And then I listened to that interview that you're going to play a little bit, and there are some interesting things said in that interview. Well. The parts of the interview that I'm, not, that I'm not going to play, it's redundant because Jalen Rose goes, and I love Jalen Rose. I think he does a great job. I've always liked him. I loved him as a player. Love him as an analyst. He's a personality. He's very good at what he does. And I, he loves boxing, too. I see him at all the boxing events. Super nice guy. And I thought he did a good job in this interview. He went down the list of all the issues that Morant has had, an issue with his sister, an issue with his mom. That we talked about. Yes, which show, you brought yeah. up, which I didn't even know. And yeah. Morant gave the same answer. Well, you know, my mom was in trouble. Uh, I went there. I found out she wasn't in trouble. No, Ja, that's not what happened, okay? 
you're going to these places and you're causing a ruckus with no understanding of what's happening and you're causing a scene and you're arguably breaking the law and causing a disturbance. He didn't get into that. He made the excuse of, well, these are my, this is my family. Just because it's your family doesn't mean you could break the law. And by the way, his mom was fine. His sister was fine. He was wrong. He didn't really own up to that. But this was the moment where, uh, Jalen Rose just says to him, what happened in the strip club? What, what's the deal? And here's, uh, the response, uh, the question and then the response. Here it is. Shotgun Willies, I've been there. You are holding a gun. And we both know how dangerous that can be. Whose gun were you holding? Well, the gun wasn't mine. Um, no, it's not who I am. I don't condone and, you know, any type of violence. Um, but I take, you know, full responsibility, you know, for my actions. Um, made a you know, bad mistake. Um, and I can see uh, the image, you know, that I, I painted, you know, over myself, you know, with my recent mistakes, but, you know, in the future, um, I'm going to show everybody who John really is, you know, what I'm about and, um, you know, change this narrative. All right. So a couple things there, Mo. First of all, he didn't answer the question on whose gun it was. It's obviously one of his boys. Uh, that's number one. Number two, I can't stand it. This is one of my pet peeves. Like, for example, when somebody's out there, and, and listen, he didn't hurt or kill anybody. He only hurt himself. Thank goodness he didn't hurt anybody else. But I will make an analogy to, like, say, I don't know, a drunk driver. When somebody gets pulled over for drunk drivings and maybe they injure somebody. And then in an interview, they'll say, well, this isn't who I am. And I say to you, no, it is. Right now, it is who you are. You can change who you are. But nobody fake did this. You did it. So right now, this is who you are. This is who John Morant is. He's a guy that is extremely immature. He makes really bad decisions. He's got really bad people hanging around him. This is who he is. I'm not saying he can't change. I hope he does. I hope he learns his lesson. But stop saying this isn't who you are. This is your behavior. This is what you did. This is what we see the public. This is who we see you are. Now, we don't know you personally. Some of his friends and family say, oh, you know what? You know, this isn't who Ja is. Okay, that's fine. But this is what he did. So this is all we have to go by. Yeah, and here's another thing, and, and please don't do this. You know, this is not what Paul Mokeski does. Don't, don't, don't start talking in the third person, please. <laughs> you're, you're a basketball player and an athlete. Just, just talk for yourself. But yeah. you know, I, I watched that interview. He seemed sincere, but it did seem uh, predetermined. Uh, 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 and Jalen did a good job, but he, he's not an uh, investigative reporter, so he didn't right. follow up. Because I would ask him, and I'm not sure if this was said or not, what about the incident with the 17-year-old basketball player at your house right. that was beat up? What right. about that? He didn't ask about that. Yeah, so, and uh, you know what? If you're going to follow up, you know, whose gun was it? You know, that that mentality, they're, they're going to tell on somebody. And, you know, but, um, yeah, and here's the other thing I have a problem with because I've had problems before 20 years ago and, and I, you know, I've gone through my, my stuff and, and come out better for it. But uh, he's been in therapy supposed therapy for what uh eight days yeah to come i number one i think this interview was done way too soon it should be done weeks after from now. the therapy yeah. yeah or just you know this is the process i'm going through uh but uh you know to say that you're everything is fine now but <clears throat> like i said <clears throat> said on the show before when you have a problem 
whether it's drugs, alcohol, whatever it is. Number one is saying you got a problem. And then number two is getting the right help for that problem. And then number three is what you just talked about, getting rid of the people in your life that cause that problem or help and help uh, promote that problem. So I, I think he's in phase one. He admitted it. I think he's getting help, but he's got a long way to go. And I hope he does because he is, he's from all the people I've talked to, he's a really good guy. Uh, and, but he's very immature. Like you said, he makes bad decisions, make a, a, a bunch of money, maybe costing himself 10 times more of that yeah. money. But you know, I'm, I'm, I just think the interview was done too soon. Uh, and, uh, uh, I, I don't want to use this word, but I'm going to use it cause I don't know another one. It was a little flippant to me. It was more, yeah. you know, uh, here, here's the. Here's the problem. Here's the answer. Here's the problem. Well, Here's the we answer. can go back, Mo, and we can talk about mistakes that people have made and could have cost them their career. I think of Paul Pierce. Very lucky. Yep. He was hanging around some wrong people at a nightclub, I believe, in Boston, yep. and he was stabbed. Now, multiple times. Multiple times. Yep. He could have died. Oh, absolutely. He's, he, look at the career he's had. You know, Hall mm. of Fame career, right? Yep. And he was hanging around the wrong people. And I hate to say it, but I think that's the best thing that could have happened to him because he stopped hanging around those people and he didn't have any issues like that until after he's retired. He's, he's done some interesting mm-hmm. things, but, but had a good career. I think of a guy and he, listen, this guy wasn't an all star, but it's a guy that went to my alma mater, uh, seven inches taller than you, by the way, Keith Kloss. He gets signed by the LA Clippers and I think he played a little after you, but mm-hmm. Keith Kloss was a guy who had a lot of skill for, for a big man. Absolutely. And he was hanging around the wrong people, and he got stabbed in a very similar situation, ended his career. He never got back into the league. I hope I'm wrong on this, but if Morant doesn't get the help that he needs, and if he doesn't smarten up, I could see something like that happening to him. And I hope that doesn't happen. But his father doesn't seem to be the best role model, as we've seen publicly. And he doesn't have the right people around him, and I think that's the key here. Those people around him have not done a very good job. And and going forward, even though it's an eight-game suspension, they've talked about this, he's not going to play that ninth game. He's got to get an NBA-ready shape. They're going to ease him into it. And I think the coach has said all the right things. They've said all the right things. You know, his health, mental health is number one. Uh, Maybe he's got some mental, mental, mental illness. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know. But... Um, I just don't know how, and I'm going to use the term dumb. I'm sorry, immature, dumb, whatever. I don't know how you could be so stupid to be a high-profile athlete and somebody else wasn't recording you. Okay, We're not talking about somebody else at another table that, oh my God, John Morant's got a gun. We're not even talking about that. That'd be dumb enough to do that in public. We're talking about Morant taking his own phone and going live. Showing off a gun, like how stupid that to me. That's just pure stupidity. Yeah, and I, I, it's just fun. it's interesting you bring up Keith Klaus because I coached him years ago oh, did you? in the Jones Cup in Taiwan. He was, I think he was forty four or four, mm-hmm. but he could still play. He yeah. still blocked shots. He really high basketball IQ, and and uh, he's got passes. He had a drinking problem. He admits it. He was drunk on the bench of NBA games wow. during the game, yeah. uh, and he admits that. And and he's he's been clean and sober. 
Uh, I've been clean and sober for 21 years. I think he's at 15 or something like that. We had that conversation and, uh, you're absolutely right. He was, he was doing crazy stuff and, you know, he, he could have another 10 years in the NBA. Absolutely. And, and back then you're looking, that's 20, 30 million dollars. He was averaging a double double at one point yeah. in his career. I mean, he was a service, a very serviceable player. So he's yeah. someone that found that, that fixed it too late. And we right. hope. John Morant is not that situation, but you know, one situation, one bad move, and everything could fall down like a like a house of cards. And I'm hoping this is his wake up call because everybody that has problems like this needs some point as a wake up call. And uh, that level could be anywhere. It could be, you know, uh, uh, my hangover is too bad, or it could be, uh, you know, I I hurt my family, or it could be I killed someone in a car. It could be anything. But that bottom line is some point for everybody. I just hope and pray that was John Morant's uh, bottom and he can go from there. But that's a big question mark right now. And he's such a uh, phenomenal uh, basketball player. Oh, man. Uh, he's such a phenomenal athlete. He's such a great player. And, and he's good for the league because he's he's really exciting to watch, right? Uh, we yeah. Are. And he... He's a great story. Yeah. You know, he, he wasn't recruited out of high school. He went to Murray State. Someone, coach just happened to see him at an AAU tournament. And then he had a great career there for two years. And now he's, he's such a great story of where he came from. Yeah. You just hope this is just uh, uh, a little roadblock in his career slash life and not uh, a, fin- a finite uh, moment. I didn't like his responses in the interview. I didn't like it. They seemed kind of choreographed. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. And I, I, I don't know how genuine he sounded. Um, I, I didn't like his answers. He seemed to make excuses. While he did say, yeah, I can see why people interpreted it that way. No, it's not people seem to interpret it that way. That's what you did. I don't like it when people respond like that and then they say, well, that's not me. Yes, it is. It is you until you prove otherwise. That is exactly you. I don't care what your family says. I don't care what your friends say. These are This is your behavior. This is what you did. This is what the public sees. And this has nothing to do with you, the basketball player. It has everything to do with you, the person. Knock it off. It's enough already. You've got more money than God. You've got your entire life ahead of you. Uh, regardless of whether you want to be or not, I remember those old Charles Barkley commercials where I'm not your kid's role model, right? Well, you are. Whether you like it or not, you, yeah. you are a professional. Kids look up to you. We don't want kids flashing around guns. I don't think he truly understands what he did. In that interview, I don't think he truly understands the magnitude of what he did. I would like to more like... Uh, I did this. It's a huge mistake. It can't happen again. It won't happen again. That answer. I would have loved that answer. Yeah, not that. Not that. Yeah. You know, it's not what I meant or something like that. Yeah, that's, I hope that's I'm Mo. I hope I'm wrong on this, but I think he's going to do it again. He's going to uh, do something not, stupid. But, yeah. I hope I'm wrong. I'm yeah. not rooting for that to happen. I don't like his responses. I think they're doing PR cleanup. That's what it sounded like to me. Uh, and it might not happen in six months. It might not happen in a year, but I would be surprised. And again, I hope I'm wrong because I'm not rooting for this. But in se- within a couple of years, several years, something bad is going to happen unless he really, truly wants to change. So we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see what happens. When you were, I'm just curious before we go to break and then we're going to talk NCAA hoops. In your days of playing in the NBA, did you have any guys on your team where you said to yourself, that guy is a walking time bomb? He's going to do this or he's going to do that. Not really. Um, there's a situation, I'm not going to go into into it, that there was a player, really good player, spectacular player. That everyone, you played with? Yeah. Everyone knows who it was. And uh, he was hanging around with the wrong people. And he was told by the team because FBI people told the league and the team, hey, 
this guy is doing this and he needs to stop being around his guys because they're affiliated with those guys and he refused to do it because they're his guys they've been with him his whole life and uh, wow. uh it 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 pretty much forced a team into a trade that should never have happened and pretty much tore down a, a franchise that was up and coming because he wouldn't step away from his fan his uh, 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 childhood friends that were leading him in the wrong direction and uh he, he, he got traded. Um, his career went up and down and ended up pretty good. He, and uh, But at that point, he didn't want to listen to anybody. Even and, the FBI. It, well, the F, yeah. And you know what? That affected everyone on that team. And it affected me big time because I was set up to be on that, that team for years to come. I hadn't signed that contract yet and was going to be in their future plans. But when that happened... That tore up all those future plans, and it affected the coach, assistant coaches, and a lot of players on that team. How much do you think this affects Memphis? Uh, they're 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 treading water now. They're holding their spot, but you know they got injuries that they have to deal with, and it affects them a lot because you know he's the face of that franchise for now and the future, and now. You know, they're kind of in limbo right now. Is he right. coming back? When's he coming back? Because let's face it, you know, they're th- second or third in the West. Right. They're right in the middle of a playoff push. Yeah. And Memphis hasn't been there in a long, long time. And now they're, you know, at the worst time. This happens at the worst time when you're getting ready for the playoffs. And, uh, you know, it's going to, you know, what he does in the next couple months is going to affect because – if he doesn't take care of business and they have to move on from him, I don't think they will. But if they do, right. that means all those other players and coaches are going to be affected also. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult circumstance. Uh, I like their coach, and uh, they got they got a, they got some good players on that team. But he is the glue. Yeah. I mean, he is the stud. I mean, he yeah. is the star. He's the guy you want with the basketball to take over a game. And and uh, there's no question that this is going to have some effect on Memphis. And uh, that, listen, that, I'm, I'm rooting for him. Uh, that coach is a friend of mine. We coach in the G League against each other. Seems like a good dude. He's a great guy. Yeah. He's a hard worker. If you look on their bench, they have a lot of G League uh, coaches that are on his staff. Mm. So he brought people with him. That's and cool. And he's done the right things, and he's got the franchise in the place it needs to be. Right. And hopefully, uh, uh, this one. Yeah. Hopefully, Ja's going to learn and, and get better, and yeah. then uh, proceed along the lines it's going. Or if not, that thing could be blown up before anybody knows it. I'm rooting for him. I want him to, to, to get his stuff straight, so to speak. And I, I want, uh, I, I'm rooting for him because he's great for basketball. He's great for the NBA, but this is bad. This is not good for the NBA. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see and monitor this situation. All right. He's Paul McCaskey. I'm Brian Shapiro. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, a little bit of bracketology. Yes. Day, I, I know that the playing games are technically day one, <laughs> but let's be honest here. Yeah. They call this round two. Come yeah. On, come on, really? man. This is round one. Okay. Stop it with the nonsense. Uh, the Duke Blue Devils are playing at 4 p.m. today. We got some very interesting matchups. We'll give you some updates and get uh, some of those picks for uh, some very interesting games later tonight and tomorrow. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Buddy, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. 
At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your healthcare needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries, you name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn, that true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. The National Atomic Testing Museum is a national science, history, and educational institution that tells the story of America's nuclear weapons testing program at the Nevada Test Site. Located at 755 East Flamingo Road, just east of Paradise, the museum offers immersive, interactive experts for guests of all ages. The museum is Smithsonian certified and open seven days a week. For more information, visit nationalatomictestingmuseum.org. That's nationalatomictestingmuseum.org. All right, welcome back. It's Pushing the Limits on a Thursday. The Mo Shapiro Hour every Thursday. Paul McKeskey in the house. 11-year NBA veteran, 20-year coach. I want to tell you guys about a mutual bar that we both appreciate very much. Of course, I'm talking about Jackson's Bar and Grill. I took my mom over there for dinner the other day. She loved it. Great food, great atmosphere, great bartenders. The Pass the Puck contest during Vegas Golden Knights games. And I, I got to tell you, folks, they got some pretty good promotions. Every Wednesday and Sunday, if you earn 200 points, you get $50 in free slot play in the month of March. Great place to hang out, grab some food and, and play. And I got to tell you, I've had some luck there as well recently. Jackson's Bar and Grill, where Paul McKeskey hit a royal flush. Yes, and he can confirm that, can't you, Mo? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> if we're going to advertise that, I need I need some some free play. <laughs> That's fair <laughs> enough. I'm pretty sure that Brian uh, will give you a slipbox over there. We'll give you <laughs> hook you up with some free play. <laughs> we can make posters and everything if you do that. You need to have a face like they do in the front of the casinos with like pumping your fist in the air. Paul, have, hit a royal. 
<laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be holding this up. Yes, that would be that would be super cool. Um, so I'm looking at some of the scores, and let's go over a few of them today. Quickly, yesterday, uh, I called that Arizona State game. I, I've been loud on that all week. I said Nevada had no business being in the NCAA tournament. Plus, we saw them live, and, and they, they gave Arizona all they could handle for they did. a half and a half. They're a good team. I would not want to play them uh, tomorrow. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Nevada had no business being in the tournament. I mean, come on. UNLV beat them on their home floor, and they lost to San Jose State in the quarters of the... So, anyway... We can move on from that. Uh, obviously, we're happy about your Kansas team moving on. They had no problems. Uh, if you're wondering what the other number one seed is doing, the overall number one seed, Alabama's having their way right now with Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. They're up uh, over 20 points right now, so they're not having any issues. Very intriguing San Diego State-Charleston game. I said to myself this was probably, and I've been saying this all week, probably the one team that I, I could see most likely winning at least one game in the NCAA tournament. San Diego State is in a tight one. It's a one-possession game at the half. They're up by three. Uh, Arizona having no problems with Princeton right now. I just want to go over the games that are going on right now. Arkansas literally just tipped, and you told me Arkansas is one of your teams that could be a sleeper. Well, I know uh, uh, Coach Musselman there coached in the CBA, coached in the D-League. I played for his dad in Cleveland. He's an excellent coach. He was with the Sacramento Kings. He was up here at UNR and took them to the Sweet 16, I right. think. That was a, a magical year, and I remember that NCAA tournament run. I think it was the first round where they were down like 20 points in the second half, and they came back. He is a very uh, good at scouting teams and exploiting their weaknesses. He's really good at that. And I believe they'll win today, and then they're going to play my Jayhawks, and I'm very fearful of that game. You're feel, you really think that Arkansas can, can get them? Uh, I know Coach Musselman. They have talent. Uh, they're athletic. And uh, he just prepares teams pretty much like I've been around some great coaches better than anybody I've been around, I think. Interesting. And you mentioned earlier you, they've had a week to prepare for Illinois, and that's why. But they're not going to have as much time to prepare for Kansas. Thank goodness, yeah. Uh, I agree with what you said about Musselman. I thought I wanted him to get the UNLV job here. Phenomenal coach. Phenomenal. Uh, a, a nightmare to work for. Oh, I, yeah. I know people that have worked for him, and they say he is a nightmare to work for. And But, uh, boy, what a great job he did at Nevada. You're absolutely right. And, and So let's go back to your San Diego State, right? Yes, let's do that. So if, if, they, if they win like we think they will today, yep. then Virginia got upset by Furman, right? Correct. So now they're, they're what a gonna, joke the end of that game was. By the yeah, way, we were just crazy. talking about that. So they're going to be able to play Furman, who they can beat, and now they're on to the next round. So you know that's a big you know that's a big break for them. Mm -hmm. uh, there there are there are some interesting matchups that I want to go through. Uh, let's just I guess let's just start with today. Some of the some of the games that are later today, if that's all right. Uh, this is a game that starts uh, within about an hour. Or so uh, Auburn and Iowa. What do you make of this one? Well, Iowa's, you know, plays in a great conference. Everybody knows that. But I don't re I told somebody the other day, I seem to remember months ago at the beginning of the season, wasn't Auburn like the talk of the, of the league? Weren't they number one? They weren't, were. they, yep. weren't they a lock for the final four? So you can't forget that now. They probably went through some, some situations. Maybe they got some injuries and maybe they're back. So, I mean, someone that's been up there like a UCLA, uh, I, I can see making a run in this tournament. 
Here's another team that you might disagree with me about making a run, but I like the way Duke has played over the uh-huh. course of the last several weeks. Now, they're playing a very good Oral Roberts team. I was reading a little bit about this team. They had a phenomenal year. This is a very, very good team, and that's probably why the spread's only six. I, I think this is going to be a close game, but I think Duke uh, wins it. They're healthy now. Duke, keep in mind, Duke hasn't been healthy all year. They finally have hit their stride, and they're hitting it at the right time, and Shire has done a phenomenal job. Yeah. Duke's playing the best basketball they have all year at the right time. They have a good coach, Coach uh, Shire, who I coached in the G League. Right. And uh, they they didn't win some foo-foo tournament to get to the no. ACC. They won the ACC tournament. Yeah, which is huge. I have them winning two games and then yep. eventually uh, run into to, uh, Purdue at the yeah, end. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they beat Purdue, yeah. uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if they no, did. I mean, uh, it, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, Shire's done a great job. Interesting matchup. You know, listen, not a lot of people think – D1 college basketball powerhouse when you think of Colgate, but they're a pretty good basketball team. I saw their conference tournament, watched some games on TV. They're playing a pretty good Texas team. Uh, Texas has been through a lot this year, but uh, what do you make of this one? Well, I have Texas going a long way because Texas beat my Jayhawks in the in the uh, Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. Beat them by 20 and beat them by 20 the week before. So they have all it takes to win and win at a high level. And they're just like Duke, playing the best basketball at the right time. Let's go back to the Mountain West. I do believe that San Diego State's going to win this game today, uh, but I wouldn't bet on Boise State. I watched Boise State, and by the way, they're playing a pretty good Northwestern team. I watched Boise State in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, you know, that, that it seems like Leon Rice's team's always underachieve. I know they won the conference tournament recently, but uh, they lost to Utah State. Utah State just lost earlier today. Uh, the Mountain West Conference does not ever seem to win games in the NSA tournament unless you have a guy by the name of Jimmer Ferdet and Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. That was the best year the Mountain West Conference has had since I've been in Las Vegas, and I've been here for two decades. Uh, this Northwestern's favored by two. The over-under is disgusting. 128. Uh, so basically the bookies are saying this is going to be a low grinded out scoring game. I don't like Boise State and I'll tell you why I don't like them. They got a bunch of bigs that rely too much on the three. They're soft. They're not a very physical basketball team. You got a bunch of guys that are 6'8", 6'9", that are getting out there shooting jump shots. Northwestern is physical. I think Boise State's going to have a problem with this team. I still think it's going to be close, but I think Northwestern wins this basketball team, I, I, basketball game. I am not the only team I said that was going to win a game with San Diego State, and they might not even win today. It's a three-point game. Yeah, I picked Boise State as kind of an upset, but it's a coin toss, and really it doesn't really matter because whoever wins. They're going to lose in the next round. They're going right. to lose <laughs> to UCLA, who we saw this weekend, yeah. and I really like them. They have a great point guard. Uh, Tiger, Tiger can play. They no got, question. they got Jason Capono 2.0, uh, <laughs> that can really score. My only concern with UCLA is their big center who got hurt at the game we saw. Hurt his elbow. Can yeah. he, can he yeah. play? Because without him, uh, they don't have any bigs that, that's right. part of Kansas's problem. Yep. No, you're right. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. So another game tonight with a number one seed, of course, Houston, a very well-coached team, and a number one seed against a Northern Kentucky team. With all due respect to them, good team, but they have no chance. Houston's not going to lose this basketball game. A lot of people are picking Houston to win it all. I am not one of those people because I don't think they're good enough defensively. They're very gifted offensively, but I tell you, if Houston played a team like a UCLA, I I would favor UCLA in that game because I think uh, Houston – you know, not very good defensively. So, so uh, but again, that's one of those games where uh, today I don't think Houston's going to have a problem. Yeah, I, I agree, and I I have Houston uh, going uh, really far till they. I have I have Texas getting knocking Houston off for the Final Four uh, just with the way they're playing. But I also in that bracket, 
I have Drake winning a couple games. Yeah, uh, a lot know, of people do. They're yeah. they're a veteran team. I saw them play. They have three six year guys and yep. one five year guy, and they're not afraid. And they have good in every position. So sure, sure, it's going to be a good game. Drake and yeah. Indiana. I think Here's another good one today. Uh, boy, there's so many intriguing matchups today and tomorrow. This is one that could go down to the wire. Uh, pretty good Penn State team against Texas A&M. Two pretty good basketball teams that I believe are very evenly matched. And I think this is going to be a very entertaining game. It starts at around 7 p.m. tonight, Mo, and, and this is a game that I'm going to want to watch. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's going to be a really good game, and, and I have Penn State coming out of that mm-hmm. game. I just, you know, they've been there before. Uh, you know, they're physical. Uh, they play in a physical, uh, you know, kind of basketball. And uh, at this time of year, I was watching some of the games early. Uh, it seems to me, and you can – We'll watch some games later. The refs are letting a lot go. I've seen some some hooking offensive fouls that aren't called. I've seen some uh, some people knocked to the floor. So it's going to be if that's so throughout the whole yep. tournament. Those physical games, like you pointed, uh, teams like you point out, will win some games. I agree with you. So the Utah. I usually don't take totals in the tournament, but the Utah State game today, even though I bet against Utah State and Mizzou ended up winning the game. Uh, I took the under. The over-under was 155.5, and, and I said to myself, Utah State couldn't score against San Diego State. They couldn't get to 70, and this is the NCAA tournament, and they didn't. Uh, you so- know who? I was watching that game a little bit, and Missouri has a transfer from Georgetown, a oh, really? 6'9", big physical guy, yeah. and he was killing them inside. Well, because they're not athletic, and that's why San- I picked San Diego State to destroy Utah State in the finals of the Mountain West. Utah State has a bunch of players that are uh, they're good shooters. They're fundamentally sound, but they don't have that athleticism you need to go deep in the NCAA tournament or even to win a game. And uh, here's another intriguing matchup. God, we have so many good ones. Let's start with tomorrow morning. UCLA, we don't need to go over that one. They're going to have their way with UNC Asheville. But uh, USC Michigan State, what an intriguing matchup. The first game tomorrow. Uh, Tom Izzo, how can you bet against this guy? Now, I I like I don't like the way USC played against Arizona State in the Pac-12 game in the tournament, but I gotta have to uh, stay away from this game because I could see either team winning. I don't I don't really have an opinion on this. I can't bet against Tom Izzo either. Yeah, like we talked about earlier in the year, and USC was battling UCLA right for that conference, right? Um, and they came up short, but uh, uh, Izzo always has. Always has is, has his players prepared, and they always play physical right. and knock people around. I mean, remember years ago where he put his bigs in football helmets and pads and just let them go at it on the basketball court. So yep. you know, I, you know, I don't know how you could bet against Izzo, but that's going to be one of the games I'm looking to watch. I watched the uh, UC Santa Barbara Gauchos play in the finals of the Big West tournament. They're not very good. I know they won the Big West. The Big West is terrible. Uh, Baylor. We watched Baylor play earlier this year. Good basketball team. Not at the level of an Arizona or UCLA. I like this game. I like the, I like taking Baylor and giving ten and a half. I think Baylor wins this game very handily. I watched UC Santa Barbara play, and I, I just wasn't impressed by them. I don't think they're very good. Yeah, Baylor has been really, really good the last five or six years, and they've done a great job in a tough conference. And uh, you know, arguably the the Big Twelve is is the best conference out there. I don't know. Right. I think they have seven or eight teams in there. And they've, you know, been beat up in that conference, but, uh, you know, they have a great coach also. So, sure. you know, I, I, I couldn't bet against Baylor either. Yeah. Well, I, I'll give you another one with a, a, I think a coach that we both would respect in Randy Bennett and what he's done at St. Mary's. I don't like the way St. Mary's has played the last couple of weeks. And I understand you're playing Gonzaga. 
I get it. They were destroyed by Gonzaga in the regular season, and they were destroyed like embarrassing fashion. That's unlike Randy Bennett teams. Virginia Commonwealth, I'll be honest with you, I don't know a lot about this team. The spread's only four and a half. I am staying away from this game. Uh, I would lean uh, towards St. Mary's and Randy Bennett because he's such a good basketball coach, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. That, Vermont? That could be a good uh, could upset. be. Because we know Gonzaga is not the Gonzaga of old. No, and that so, might that might help them though this year. You know, being the number one seed, you have a lot of pressure. Yeah, they're the number three. But I'm talking about St. Mary's. Right, so St. Right. Mary's is getting embarrassed by Gonzaga, who's not the Gonzaga of old. Exactly. That means they're not what they. Good they point. Be. And that's my that's why I'm staying away from that game because I think that can go either way. And you're right, that could be an upset. Uh, Marquette, pretty good team. Seems like we're always talking about Vermont uh, in the NCAA tournament. They <laughs> seem to win their conference every year, but uh, I don't think Marquette's going to have uh, an issue. So I watched Pittsburgh play Mo. Um, Yesterday, and I'm watching uh, the game that they barely squeaked by and won they in the sh- play. They, lost that they game. should have lost that yeah. game. Yeah. I don't think that Jeff Capel coaches that team, right? Yeah, I coach with his dad in Charlotte. Seems yeah. like a good dude. Yeah, right. Yep, yeah. Um, been uh, was an assistant at Duke for years and years. I am not a big fan of Mr. Otzelberger over at Ohio- Iowa State. Pittsburgh plays Iowa State. He's had a couple good years, even though these are guys that he hasn't recruited. I thought he did a terrible job here at UNLV. Uh, obviously, he's winning a lot of basketball games at Iowa State. This is one of those matchups where I could absolutely see Pittsburgh win this basketball game. Uh, I like the fact that they've played a game already. Uh, Iowa State, it seems to be up, down, up, down. They play against their competition. Uh, I'm certainly rooting against TJ Otzelberger, not because I have money on the game. I just don't like him. Uh, so, uh, so we're opposite there because I, really? I like him. I you went, like TJ? When he was here, I went to his practices. I went to his games. I spent some time with him. I, I like him. That. Very good organized practices. Was doing really good Why stuff. Why didn't it work for him here then? I, I don't think he got the players for whatever reason. I don't think he used the, uh, the uh, transfer portal like he's using now. So, yep. you know, I, and one thing he does, he makes his teams play defense. And I watched them in Lawrence, Kansas, barely lose to number one Kansas team by two when they had a three at the end that I thought was going in. Mm-hmm. So if he can do that with that team, uh, I, th- I, I okay. have them winning that game. Um, but uh, that's probably as far as they go. As far as I'm concerned, maybe the matchup of the tournament as far as first-round games. And we've talked about this a little bit. You've got uh, a pretty good UConn Husky team that some say could even get out of the West and make the Final Four. Uh, and uh, Danny Hurley's done a phenomenal job against Rick Pitino's Iona. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a game where they're giving UConn uh, – or I'm sorry, they're giving Iona nine points. I think that's too many. I think Rick Pitino – now, UConn should win this basketball game. They have more talent. But with the coaching of Rick Pitino – I expect this game to be very competitive, right? It's a very intriguing matchup. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have UConn coming on top of that. And then I have, you know, because, you know, Rick Patino, a coach, you can you can help teams win, but if you don't have the talent that the other team wins, you're going to lose that game for the most part. And then I have UConn uh, going another round till they meet KU. But, um, you know, I'm just looking at my bracket, and I'm, uh, I'm looking in the future now, but I can't read the future. But uh, what, who I have in my bracket before the Final Four is Alabama playing Arizona. What a great game. Ooh, that per- could be a great matchup. Purdue playing Marquette, another great game. Kansas playing UCLA, Blue Bloods against each other. And then two Texas teams, Houston and Texas, to see who goes to the Final Four. 
That would be an awesome could be uh, oh, uh, final to the final four. And it's interesting, Mo, because you were just talking about low scoring and refs kind of letting them play. What a disgusting score this is! Uh-oh. Uh, Arkansas, Illinois. They've played t- Mo. They've played ten minutes of basketball. How many points do you think they've scored? Uh, I would think they scored ten. First half, I think they got the first uh, ten minutes. Twenty to eighteen. The score is thirteen seven. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> Who's in, ahead? Who's winning? Arkansas's winning. Okay. This is exactly the kind of game Must probably wants. Oh, yeah, physical. It out, yeah. They've scored 20 points in 10 minutes, so I can almost guarantee you that when we go visit Chris Wynn for lunch today, I guarantee you he has the over in this game. <laughs> uh, I can guarantee you, Mo. Uh, I wanted to give uh, Chris a chance to call in and give his picks because I want my listeners to get the opportunity to bet the opposite, but he didn't want to do it because he was insulted. Um, <laughs> At least he could have given us. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, I didn't even ask you this question before we go. Uh, who's your team that you're picking to win at all? Uh, I want to pick my Kansas Jayhawks, but they scare me with their uh, bad free throw shooting and size. I got Alabama. Really? I, I just think Alabama. they're super talented. They've been there all season. They got guard play, wing play, and some athletic picks. I'm going to make a pick that not many people have made. And I am going to go with UCLA. And the reason why I'm going with UCLA is because they have senior guard leadership. They've got big men that can score. Obviously, health-wise, we don't know if they're center. How, uh, we know that Cronin has been there before. He knows what it takes. And I'm going to go with uh, not chalk. Not a lot of people are t- picking UCLA. To, I think they beat Arizona if they meet them again. Ooh, that'd be a great game. Um, and I and and I am I am going with with my boy Cronin. I think he's a great coach. And I want to backpedal a little bit because thirty from, seconds. Go ahead. From day yep. one, I picked Purdue because yep. I saw Purdue. They have one of the best bigs in the league. They got good guard play. Yep, and they, they got do. guys that can shoot three. They do. And they're a team that actually throws it into the post to a guy that can score and pass. Yep. That would unfortunately might not even be drafted, even though he might be player of the year. But there are. Uh, so my side bet, I, I got a side bet with Purdue over there. <laughs> All right. I like it. Most side bet. I like it. I like it. Um, I, I can see Purdue going deep as well. I think everything you said is very true with that team. And they are going to destroy Fairleigh Dickinson. That's one of my picks as well. The spread is 22 and a half. Fairleigh Dickinson is not good out of the Northeast Conference. Purdue's not going to have any problems there. But... Uh, all right, we'll have to wait and see what happens. We're going to go watch some basketball, and yep. uh, it's a tough life, but somebody's got to do it. Yep. And, uh, Mo, always a pleasure having you on. Uh, always great. And uh, we will uh, be watching Kansas play this weekend as well. So yep. we got a lot to look forward to. We will be doing our show right before we're going to the Kansas game. Oh, that's, that's going to be so that's much fun. Well, don't jin- <laughs> Mo, don't jinx them. They still have to win another game. But, <laughs> yeah. yes, we will be doing that. You're right. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks to Mr. Marquez and those here at KSHP. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Have a great day, everybody, and enjoy the basketball.